You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and to my left, sort of, down in Austin, Texas, Graham Trainer. Hey, hey, Massey, bring, bring your ass on with your sissy navy blue shirt. That's right, Coach O. <laughs> we're going cool, right. to act cool and tough down in the bayou. Talk about a fall from grace. Coach O, I like how they described it. It wasn't a firing. It was a mutual agreement to part ways. It's like renaming the word divorce. It's like we had a mutual agreement to part ways. You got fired, Coach O, but you're getting fired at the end of the season. Man, 2019, one of the best seasons of all time. I'm glad he would, you know, he can hang his he can hang his he never wore a hat, but you know, his his beautifully his beautiful little like military quaff, his boomer quaff that he always has going. He can hang his hat on that. Yes. And um, but yeah, it's been it's been a I I guess last year I thought they would give him a, the benefit of the doubt for twenty twenty. And then twenty twenty one would be a you know, get right year, have a couple of games where uh, they can, you know, win some win some matchups they probably shouldn't because they're a little, you know, they're a little down in talent. Yeah. In the talent pool yeah. compared to LSU of yester of yesteryear. Obviously with the Burrow Jamar Chase team that was was electric, but like yeah, it was quick. I guess like there was a lot more toxicity or he was blamed a lot for who's the defensive coordinator he brought back that sucked last year? Parati, yeah, Parodi? something like that. I, he, if you said if you said his name, I would know. I kind of was listening and gathered bits and pieces from uh, from around my usual podcast listens and sports blogs I follow, and it seems like it was a just a combination of things starting starting last year during the uh, during the COVID and kind of the BLM movement, and he lost a lot of people a lot of different ways, and. A, he was losing games. I mean, 2019, banner year. That banner will fly at LSU forever, and that has his name all over it. It was lightning in a bottle. They were unbelievably talented. But I wanted to hear your take on why why he kind of got the, the, the boot before I go into my deep dive, deep dive on it. Yeah, and you're right. There was, there was the part about he was, you know, there were some the kids on the team that wanted to – uh, during all the, um, I guess, kind of the football season last year after George Floyd and everything that he kind of said, oh, wait, we got practice still or whatever. And it's yeah, like, no, exactly. Like, it's a weird year. Let's let's take it easy. And then he kind of stood his ground, which was not smart. He should have said, no, I should listen. should listen to some of you kids, et cetera. Um, you know, he's an old school coach and obviously came to a to a boiling point this year with with the team, he'd already lost the locker room. I didn't know if he was, you know, just saying a lot of controversial things. I don't think it was really that. I think he just kind of was kind of stuck in his ways and didn't really want to change. Yeah, to add to those details, I don't think I, from, from my understanding, he's not political at all, and so he, he's right. not aware yeah. of the social climate yeah. like the young men and women at universities are aware. And so when he didn't let the kids march because they had they, because he had scheduled practice. That's when he started eroding at the locker room. A lot of guys opted out of that season probably due to, well, A, COVID, because New Orleans one of the hardest-hit areas. Louisiana was the hardest hit. They opted yeah. out. 
uh, partly because of his firm stance as a coach, kind of like my word goes. He showed up on Fox News, which made a lot of people mad. He complimented his friend, the Democratic governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, which made the boosters mad. Like He just didn't know how to navigate the, a political landscape because he's not political. Look at Ed Orgeron. Do you think he, that guy's political? So he just stepped in it when it came to losing the boosters and the coaches and the team. But also, by the way, Nick Saban, guess who marched? Guess who led his kids march? And who was at the front of the line? Nick Saban. Just saying. And his penny loafers. Um, <laughs> and his blue jacket. And his, blue and his, sissy, his sissy Affleck blue jacket. That's right. Um, and also, there was reports that he was bringing some of the women that he was dating around the facility ah, with their kids. And they're like, what is going on? And in fact, like during practice, he let some of the kids like, quote unquote, participate in drills, meaning they like ran through the line or whatever they did, which is a huge distraction. And like when you're at practice, that's, you know, that's a a mentality you have to keep. That was some of the reports. And the final straw I heard, and this is all rumor, but this is college football. It's filled with rumors. Allegedly. Allegedly. So he was at a gas station. He saw a woman mm. in, in workout gear and goes, hey, looks like you work out. And she goes, I'm married. He goes, what does that matter? That's his quote. What does that matter? <laughs> Guess who she was? A powerful LSU booster slash high up in the food chain somewhere in their university wife. You cannot Ooh. do that. You cannot cat call a high LSU ranking official's wife. Coach Ed, look away from the yoga pants. Don't do it in public at a gas station. I'm wor- like, you don't have to do that there. You can rub elbows at a fancy cocktail party you're invited to. He's he got divorced after the national championship, so he's not doing this out of wedlock. But he is doing it I, in such a way that know. you're like, you can do that. You can date in a better way than that. Trying to pick up. Yeah. Get a girl's number at a gas station. There are better ways to do that when you're a celebrity. Like, he is known coast to coast. He worked at USC. He was head coach at Ole Miss. 2019, Go Tigers was everywhere, all over the place. On ESPN, every news outlet, everyone chuckled at it. Everyone loved it. He was America's darling. You got to you gotta choose your way. And and politics, he was, he was ignorant to politics, stepped in it on both sides. And they were yep. like, you know what? This is it. So let's move past, unless you have something to add on to that. Yeah, I have, I have one thing. I was going to say the, the other part I heard about that I forgot to mention was the – I don't know when the AD changed there, the athletic director. Uh, but, 2019. Okay, so he was not somebody that Ed Ogeron – or sorry, he did not hire at Ed Ogeron, so that was a part of it. It's like you feel like if an athletic director likes a coach enough who's yeah. got like a little bit of – a little bit of kind of ignorance is bliss in his in his blood where he's like he's not political it keeps his head in the sand you would you would hire a pr team for that coach if you really wanted to keep him on as yeah. an athletic director you would make that move because that would be the smartest thing to keep a coach a beloved coach on the staff and keep him out of trouble by having a pr guy be like coach O, don't do that this guy is going to follow you around he's going to like kind of be your guy to your guiding light to like deal with political things that you don't understand just to keep you on the straight and narrow and obviously the ad kind of wanted to see him sink his ship anyway okay so 
the AD, Scott Woodward. I did a you know a deep dive on Wikipedia. His Wikipedia page is a page long. It wasn't that hard. Um, Scott Woodward is a very splashy hire guy. So let me um, huh. let me give you his background. He got hired in Washington. I don't know the time. I'll give you the timeline and chronological order. Don't ask me any years. Washington U or Washington football team? Wa- Washington U. Okay. He was making after- sure. Don't see how versatile this guy was. Yeah. So at Washington, he hired Steve Sarkeesian. Ever heard of him? Yeah. After Steve Sarkeesian, he had that splashy hire with Chris Chris Peterson, the longtime Boise State coach. He hired him to Uh, Washington. He gets moved over to Texas A&M. He hires Jimbo Fisher as the football coach and hires Buzz Williams away from Virginia Tech. Oh, he's part of that too. Yeah. So – Scott Woodward has been working working some magic in the athletic director, hiring very big names. Now, Scott Woodward is a guy described as he will make a coach say no, meaning he'll pick up the phone and call Dabo Sweeney in his kingdom on the lake up there in Clemson, South Carolina, and say, do you want this job? And Dabo Sweeney's like, no, I have my kingdom. Why would I, why would I change? And he's like, got to say no. He's like, no. Okay. And it'll it'll dial up the next guy. So I think it'll be fun because we know he's a splashy guy to go through some of the splashy names and give it a yes or no or maybe or a, a one out of five balls, stars, whatever. Balls, footballs. Not those. Not those. I see your face. Don't you go there. I didn't do it. Yeah. I'm smiling. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm so, just excited for the next hire. Maybe he's, yeah, he's going to get something splashy. He sounds like a he sounds very Hollywood. He's like coming onto these movie sets that need a star, and he's like, "No, we're not. We're we're not going to have uh, uh, we're not going to have Devin Sawa be the star. We're going to get Leo DiCaprio. I promise. We're going to we're going to go revamp this thing." All right. So let me let me give you some names, uh, and and you give me your your opinion. I've already said Dabo Sweeney. What about Lane Kiffin? Man, how much can you just bounce around the SEC before you just start to say this is a little weird? I mean, you're just sleeping with every you're just sleeping with everybody in the in the same in the same. It's just it's so incestual at this point for Lane Kiffin if he jumps to another. I mean, I feel like two two SEC teams is one thing, but three, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that. Let's see, um, what's his name? Um, Will Muschamp. He's bounced around Georgia. He got the Georgia job for a second. He got the South Carolina job for a little longer than that. And it'd be weird if he got a third job, but I feel like Lane Kiffin, he just, I don't know. It's just so weird to just jump in between. Like at least Saban went to the NFL before he came back to the SEC West Correct. and joined Alabama. Oh, after I, th- LSU. I think it's worth mentioning as LSU, as, as LSU head coach, you have no competition in state. Louisiana is a football factory. And the last three head coaches at LSU have won national titles. Yeah, and you have no competition in Baton Rouge, too. And I heard Baton Rouge is, like, blowing up because of uh, how hard uh, New Orleans got hit. People have moved there. It's kind of like it's kind of like their little town that people – the infrastructure is not really equipped for it. So, I know Baton Rouge was already uh, very uh, talent t- – uh, rich in talent already, and I'm sure it's even just grown even more. So, you have a lot at your, at, at your fingertips. So, who else did you have besides Lane? Urban Meyer. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah usc is not that great of a job compared to lsu i would say no. USC, usc is a couple of tiers below lsu and that's i mean i'm just thinking about miami notre dame alabama 
is is maybe the three jobs above LSU? Miami? I don't know. It just maybe. FSU no, maybe. Those those jobs have historical you know, Ohio, Ohio State. Yeah. Oklahoma. Um, I think Texas is oh. still up there. Yes. How I'd about say, Lincoln Riley? Yeah, Lincoln Riley would be good. I think that I think he needs to make a jump either to the pros. I know Jerry tried to court him before he settled on Mike McCarthy. So I know uh, Lincoln Riley is there for the plucking. It be, sounds like this Wood guy is just gonna he's gonna you know pick somebody amazing and he's gonna bounce to USC and do the same thing there. He's gonna get the splash higher at the next school. He, this guy hops around a lot too. Yeah. So Lincoln Riley would be it would be great because Oklahoma's gonna join the SEC next year and he's like, Yeah, good luck at the SEC, Oklahoma. I'm gonna go straight to LSU and see what I can do there. Actually get some <laughs> defenders on, on uh on my on the defensive side of the ball. Um Love it. Jimbo Fisher. Whew. Another just another SEC I know West. it's a better job. SEC West and a better job, just like if if Lane leaves Oxford and Ole Miss to go to LSU and Jimbo, I, mean, I can see it yeah Jimbo told FSU when he was there I will I plan to be here a long time and I think the soundbite that he came out of Texas A&M was something of that regurgitated nature like I will coach through this I plan to be here through the end of my contract or something convoluted like that it's like what wait what you Jimbo was Jimbo was uh Saban's defensive coordinator when he was at LSU or Les Miles's coordinator I think it was I think it was Sabins. So yeah, he's he has roots there. Either way, he has roots at LSU. Yeah. That makes more sense. Well, it's also Lane. it's also funny to think that um Jimbo Fisher would have had an easier exit if he lost to Alabama and he would like was deemed on the hot seat. And with that loss to Alabama, Texas A&M starts looking out of the corner of their eye at Jimbo and Jimbo's like, "You're right, guys." I'm out of here. I'm going to LSU. That would have been more clean of a break than it is now. I feel like it's he's a little more entangled there at Texas A&M since he beat Alabama. Yeah, I feel like actually let's just go to the. I think Lane Kiffin's the right hire. I think more the more mustard bottles and golf balls thrown at Lane Kiffin at SEC venues, the better. And I think Lane Kiffin versus Saban for the next five to twenty years, however long Saban's going to last. You know, he's probably just going to be wheeling himself around on the sidelines when he, in his 90s anyway. So might as well put Lane Kiffin versus Saban every year with Bam LSU. I like that. Okay, last last two names, which I think are more likely than the others. Bill O'Brien, currently Alabama's in Alabama's coach rehab program, offensive coordinator for Alabama. I think he's up there. Yeah, he'd be a great. I mean, he did. A, he, I mean, he was a joke show at the Texans, although he, you know, he had some playoff years, with the Texans, but what he did at the end, burning the bridge, getting rid of uh, DeAndre Hopkins was a joke, but that like, was, that was, that was, that was the most absurd but, move in NFL history. Um, unless like, I'm trying to think of a, of a kind of like when, Oh man, that was so bad. DeAndre Hopkins like, Hey, you haven't dropped a ball all year. You know what? I'm going to trade you for the Cardinals for nothing. It's really incomparable. There's not really a, I mean, he should have gotten like two first round picks for Hopkins. They got nothing. They got a, a burnout running back and like a third rounder. Um, yeah, Bill O'Brien did a great job at Penn State. That one makes sense too. Okay. Speaking of Penn State, I think this is the top runner, oh. James Franklin. Yeah. I feel like James Franklin's going to be USC and LSU are going to be knocking on James Franklin's door. It's going to be which one does he want to go to? I'm guessing he'd probably want to stick. Well, 
Yeah, I think he'd probably want to go to LSU. I mean, if he's the top guy, if he feels like he's not second fiddle to Kiffin or one of those other guys, those aforementioned dudes, then I, I would say he's going to pick LSU over USC. Agreed. He's, I mean, he, started, well, he started out in the SEC. So so here here's another argument. People always say, why, would you, why do you want to go to the SEC West? It's such a gauntlet of teams. And I would argue that all the titles – like a lot of the teams have had shots out of the SEC West than any other division in any other conference. I mean, you look at LSU, we previously mentioned they had three championships. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Auburn has been in the national championship. They won one with Cam Newton. Have they? I don't know if they've played in another one. They lost the the last one, uh, the BCS, before the BCS got lost. Uh, sorry, at the tail end of the BCS, the last season of it, they lost to Jameis Winston in the national title in Florida State. Speaking of Jimbo. Yeah, okay, right, right. And then, I mean, obviously you have you have Alabama, but if you have – if you play – if you know – if you prepare for your conference every single year, like look at Oregon right now. They prepare for their conference every single year, and that doesn't get it done. If you look at um, the SEC East, I mean, besides Georgia this year, besides Georgia this year, the SEC East hasn't produced a national champion. If you know that you have to play in your conference and you have to win in your conference and you have to go get those guys, it's going to light that fire to make you go try to win your conference. And if your conference is the front runner in all of college football, it's going to bring that much better players and that much more success to your program. So I think the SEC West in particular is the conference that coaches want to be in. And you're looking at – Jimbo, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, Nick Saban. Um, who am I missing? Somebody else. Whoever Arkansas's coach is. <laughs> Sam Pittman. That Arms, guy. Is it, what is his name? Armstrong or something? No, that's, that's, that's Virginia's Sam name. Pittman is Arkansas's coach. And oh, then, Pittman. Yeah, and then you're looking at um, at Orgeron LSU. If I, if I named them all, I think I've named them all. I have a blind He's spot a- somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like the SEC East is like the Pac-12 of the SEC. Like you have to, you have to like pretty much have an immaculate record going into that SEC title game against whoever the SEC West team is. And when it comes to the cream of the crop, between it's not, yeah, it, like you said, it's not the it's not the Michigan, sorry, Michigan, it's not the Mississippi State job, it's not Ole Miss, it's not Arkansas, it's LSU. So those are like you already have a bump every year that like if LSU or Alabama of those two, of those two teams the two elite teams in the SEC West, you already get the benefit of the doubt a lot more than those other teams do. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, should we wrap that up? Yeah, tie a bow on it. All right. Ed Orgeron, you're out. I'm going to miss the Go Tigers. I'm going to miss his Southern draw or Cajun draw. But uh, happy happy trails. Um, Was he, yeah, happy trails. All right, tie a bow on it. Happy trails, but what what is next for him? I don't know. His buyout sixteen point eight million dollars. He gets paid five million dollars at the end of the year, then a million dollars, or and then he finishes his buyout in like twenty twenty five or something. So I don't know. He's sixty years old. He's probably just gonna buy a bass boat. I feel like he's done. I feel like he's not. He's not a coach where I'd be like, I'm. I'd be more surprised if he ended up coaching, you know, a Vanderbilt or a like. A, like a Arizona or something, I'd be like, wait, wait, he's he's getting back in the game. I'd be more surprised if he got back in the game at this point. I feel like he is going to be bass fishing and drinking Coors. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I 
I don't see him becoming like an offensive line coach at at Tennessee or something. I don't. I'm. I just don't see it. I think at this point, you just say, "Let me just enjoy some time to myself," and I mean, just sit fat and happy, high on the horse, like whatever, or the high yeah. on the goat, or whatever they do down in Louisiana. Yeah, he'll be like Sergio. He'll have his he'll have his one green jacket, and he'll just retire and be happy. He's got his 2019. He's done. Yeah. All right, let's huddle up. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you were stuck on, quote, slash, question of the week. We do it every We do it every show. Graham, I'll kick it to you. What's your good news of the week? Good. From Cowboys, 5-1. Yeah, um, I haven't brought this up because I haven't want to, but I'm ready to say it. I'm ready to admit it. The Cowboys are good. Oh, they're good. They're they're back. Can you they're, list they're their five their five wins? Because they're quality wins too. They they're not like the Carolina Panthers who thought like convinced themselves they were good after beating the Jets, the Jags, and the tight uh, not the Titans, the Colts or something or whatever it was. Like the Cowboys have played well. Like their only loss was against Tom Brady and the Bucks, but I don't know their five wins. I'll see the Chargers. The close Chargers win. They took the Panthers. Chargers out are good. Of, Panthers thought they were high and mighty. Uh, they pounded their – what they're doing is they're taking care of business in the NFC East, which they used to struggle or lose a dumb game. They've taken care of the Eagles and the Giants. So they're taking care of their own division, and then they went on the road and won a great overtime game against Belichick. So, yeah, I mean, they are they're definitely have an elite win against the Chargers on the road and an elite loss and losing to the Bucs at a home opener when the Bucs are getting their Super Bowl rings and we only lost by two points. And then we're in a bye week. We got – Coming out of the bye week, we'll be at Minnesota. You got, you got Kirk. He'll be throwing to Trayvon Diggs a bunch, which is great. That means an interception. And then uh, be hosting the Broncos and the Falcons. And then we'll be at Kansas City for an, an amazing November mid November game. So looking forward to those next games at, coming out of the bye week. Do you think Trayvon and will guard his brother Stefan the whole game? Oh no, I Stephon. Hope. Stephon is on the uh, is on the Bills now. In the Super Bowl, yeah. Thank you. Oh man. I blew yeah, that. Bill, Bill's Cowboys. It'd be like 1992 all over again. I think he's got – how many interceptions did he have? Eight. He has eight? Seven or eight, yeah. I would like to look at the defensive player of the year uh, or all their stats or like cornerbacks of the year, whatever, whatever, whatever metric that is, whatever award that is, and see how many interceptions they ended up with at the end of the year versus how many he has now. Through six games. Good question. Any defensive backs? Defensive backs don't often win defensive player of the year. It's mostly defensive linemen. Um, Aaron Donalds and J- and JJ Watts and sure. PJ Watts, but and Miles Garrett would probably be a you know a, a candidate for for it this year. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's he's on a ridiculous pace. He's not going to like you know go an interception and a hat. One, an, an interception and a half each game. He's on that sort of ridiculous pace, almost two a game. And obviously that'll slow down, but he could end up with at least like 10 or 12. That would be, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Well, it was funny to watch, uh, watch him get Mac Jones on one play, which everyone said, Oh, he picked off Mac Jones, but it was kind of a bobble hit the guy in the head, but yeah. it's, it still counts to interception. And the next play back Jones went right back at him and went for 70 yards. I was like, all right. Those those two teammates are dueling with each other. I'm sure they're having a good time out there. Well, um, I can tell you, uh, 
get a little hot and bothered. You took your shirt off, your long sleeve shirt off, because the Cowboys are just they're just piping hot right now. It's piping hot. hot in the in the in this room. It's a small room. Oh, it's in the catacombs of the basement. There is no airflow in here. Um, my good news of the week, uh, the NBA has started, and baseball is interesting. So we're coming. I guess my point is NBA is here. Baseball playoffs are here. We're in the height of football season, and it all mixes together, and we get it all in nice little package here for about three more weeks, and it, sports are awesome. Yeah, the sport, the sports mecca. Can you give us? Time. Can you give us what's going on in baseball right now for those of us like myself who aren't paying attention? I will say this: I do know the Braves are. They might not be winning tonight, but they're have a chance to win the pennant. And I've been meaning to text Dawson, but I know the moment that it gets acknowledged yep. that all of it will fall apart. I've been thinking about this all week. When And when we refer to Dawson, we're talking about a, a regular guest here on the show who is an Atlanta sports fan. Um, and what happened today on the family text message thread, my mother mentioned the Braves, and I was like, there it goes. There it goes, Mom. That's it. The Braves are going to crumble now that you've said, oh, Dawson, I'm rooting for your team. I was like, no, mom, Mom. not now, not now. It's like, it's kind of like it's, it's the cute aloof. It's like, it's like uh, coach O with politics, your mom with like, uh, you know, the uh, superstitions of baseball fans that she's like, she, she just doesn't know what she's doing. But yeah, Dawson will need to get a wellness check on him. Dodgers Ooh. are up eleven two. Yikes! Um, and they're obviously the Braves are going back home for the last two games, which is great. But they're going to be up against Kershaw and Scherzer, so that's not fun. But at least they they've done a great job. They they lost their best player, uh, Ronald Acuna, but to a blown out knee, and they made some savvy little moves to kind of acquire, I think three three good outfielders to kind of replace his production. And mix and match. So I'm pretty impressed by the Braves not having a great rotation, not really necessarily having a great bullpen, but they really pulled it together this this offseason. So I've been impressed with their uh, their run here. I'm hoping they'll they'll you know win. All, all they can do is one win one game at home out of two coming up, and then um, on the other side, the stinking Astros are up three two, and yeah, I'm, we're we're getting we're getting closer to either a Basically, a Fury Wilder rematch of the Dodgers. You know, two two people that hate each other. A Fury Wilder rematch of Astros Dodgers, which will be epic, or a nice little Houston Atlanta, little little like there's kind of a little rivalry there already. So I apologize. Nice. I don't even know who Houston is playing. The Red Sox. Red Sox. That would be too much if the Reds. The Red Sox and the Braves can't play in each other. That's too much red and blue. That's I uh, I can't do that. It's like too much orange tonight watching this Broncos Browns game. Too yeah, much yeah. The, I I visually cannot oh. comprehend that much red and blue in one place. So I guess I'll I'll let the hated the hated Astros get in so I can at least a hate the Astros and b have a soft spot in my heart for all the Atlanta sports fans who've been suffering over the years. I'll allow that storyline to dictate who I cheer for. Yeah, and there was a, there was a good there was a good note tonight. One of our one of our favorites, Case Keenum, got a win. Maybe there's a contra- uh, QB, con- QB controversy Keenum. now between him and 
um, Baker Mayfield because Keenum looked pretty good. I mean, they had a they had a good game, and Broncos are not great, but you know, Keenum got it. Keenum got it done. Um, I can relate to Baker Mayfield having a torn labrum and cracked bones in your shoulder. I can confirm, not fun. Not fun. Not fun. A not enjoyable experience. I wish I had all the drugs and the steroids available to Baker Mayfield. I wish I had them. It's been well documented on this show that I've attempted to, to uh, talk my doctor into prescribing me some. He was like, you should probably take some more vitamin supplements. I was like, I think I'm going to go to Mexico and get something over the counter. Similar pressure put upon a, a young man in his recreational kayaking versus Baker trying to get back and starting – for the Cleveland for a uh, NFL team, but yeah, yes. I can see the similarities for sure. <laughs> All right, what's your critical number of the week? Three hundred. Don't don't you say it? <laughs> don't you say it? How dare you? How dare you? Well, it's batting average. No, it is not. Go ahead. What? Three hundred pounds? Yes. <laughs> My man Zion yeah. Williamson weighs over three hundred pounds. There, I said it. All right. Is he new feast mode? Is he take the did he take the bell from Eddie Lacy? There is a well documented curve that when you get to New Orleans as a professional athlete in every single restaurant, once you in it at the marquee table, that you gain a little weight. Yeah, but with the three hundred pounds and his size and, and a foot injury, I'm just nasty. I'm getting a little Greg Oden, little 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 fat Greg Oden issue with this one. I'm getting a little scared. I hate how accurate your your and how our brains are working together. This is I read that article and I was like, oh boy. This is maybe the first critical number one of us has guessed on each other's in maybe two years. Well, it's it's hard to stay in shape when you have a foot injury. Okay. Yep. And Zion sure. Zion always had a, a large frame, you know. He always kind of had he was a, he was a he was a big fella, and the way he attacks the rim, and he used to bring all 275, 280 pounds towards you at that rim. Being 300 pounds, you have to, with how much power he has in those legs, your ligaments and your bones are gonna are gonna endure some stress tests, and that's what we think is happening here with a fracture in his foot. Also, what is very weird is that he did not disclose this injury until media day this summer so it was kind of weird how he approached his injury and his and his subsequent surgery and his relationship with the Pelicans. so that kind of rubs me the wrong way that's yeah i was gonna say he he's always had very pinchable cheeks um i think that there's there's a little bit of a weird similarity between him and michael thomas which which scares me are, are players in new orleans just getting fat and they're just pretending to be injured so they can eat a lot and then a lot of gumbo and and beignets, and then they're just they don't, and then they kind of grow apart from their team. Is Michael Thomas fat? No, he's not fat. He just he just got mad about he he got injured. He he didn't really disclose his injuries. Then he got surgery too late. Now he's got another setback, and he was supposed to come back this week. All right, fine. I'm not trying to bum you out. I'm not trying to bum you out, but you know, I was I didn't I, sh- I didn't want to bring this up, but w- if you could do a draft audit. Would you would you would you take John Morant and pair him with Ingram now? Um, that's tough to say, but probably no. I, I'm not giving up on Zion yet. I'm not doing Good. that. the The Pelicans front office needs to stabilize their coaching situation a little bit. 
they need yes. to they need to hone in on Zion Williamson and and say, hey, this guy, this kid. I mean, he's 19, 20 years. He's 19, 20. He get him all the professional help that he needs. He needs a nutritionist. He needs a physical therapist. Like, dedicate the money and the time and the effort towards this kid because he is a talented, talented specimen of an athlete and really try to make it right. Um, bright note on the Pelicans, our boy Trey Murphy played 18 minutes, had six points and two assists. Yeah. He's got a quick release. If you watch him, his 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 three-point shot gets up fast. Um, he's been coached. He's been coached well enough for the rest of his life. He doesn't need he doesn't, Trey Murphy doesn't need another coach in his life. No, he had one. He had one year of uh of Coach Bennett, and he was like, "Oh, this is the way." What about this? Um, what's his name? Scott Woodward. Yeah, maybe the, <laughs> the Pelicans. The Pelicans should hire him on a contract to to hire their next coach. They should just hire Scott Woodward. Yeah, yeah, I like everything about that. Um, my critical number of the week is fourth. Ooh, fourth. Uh, ooh. UVA the... is predicted to finish fourth in the ACC behind Duke, FSU, and UNC, respectively. I like it. I, I like that it. too, right? That's great. Fourth is a comfortable place to, to put up in the locker room and say, fourth, are you better than these three teams? UNC has got a new coach. Coach K and his stupid retirement celebration or whatever the heck is happening and fsu is always dangerous but i feel like uva has what they've won the four out of the last 10 or something like that tied mm-hmm. one along the way and they were one game away it was out of their uh out of their control last year if fsu lost they fsu won an overtime against a team and if they would have lost that game U, uva would have been regular season champs so we've been there every year but i like that position putting number one and putting us all in the headlines and stuff not a big fan of i like the to keep it hungry down there at number four yeah it seems like and kind of keeping it consistent between programs i feel like the football team's kind of in that fourth range too this year so let's keep that consistent i like that brennan armstrong leads all passers in uh all of all of college football just saying they took care they took care of Duke. That was great. How about a, how about a good? This would be a good anti-Duke shirt. We'll get a bring your ass on with your sissy blue shirt, and it's like an anti-Duke shirt. Yeah, there think? we go. Sell them to all yeah. the frat dudes. I love that. Uh, what is your stuck on? Uh, mine is the basically the trade stock, and it's kind of a question for you how you feel. Who has a lower trade stock? Meaning, like what what they would. What another team would pay for them now, Ben Simmons or Deshaun Watson? Okay, so we're 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 sports we're sports cycling here because mine's Ben Simmons as well. So let's let's break this down. Uh, oh, first, first I'll answer your question. Um, Deshaun Deshaun Watson is a very good football player. All right, right. let's he's a quarterback. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that focus point. When you go out wider, you're like, there's a whole lot of baggage I would never want to touch. He's a, and a, as he's a, a quarterback when he plays. Yes. Already. Yes. So, so draft stock as a quarterback would be higher because than Ben Simmons as an as a player because Ben Simmons is not a good NBA player right now. No, he's a broken 
point guard who needs to be playing power forward, doesn't need to be a ball handler all the time and obviously have the ball and make, you know, make things happen like a facilitator who can't score. It just doesn't really work in the NBA. It's very funny. I was, I was, uh, I read this today, but as Ben Simmons reported to camp and Joel Embiid is not even calling him by his name, Joel Embiid is in his prime. They need to get people around him. Ben Simmons is not the answer. And right now they can't trade Ben Simmons and they can't do so until around mid December, I think. And Joel Embiid is like, we need to make a run of this. And Ben Simmons, uh, Zach Ertz said it best. You just need to play better, man. You need to get in the gym and play better and and produce at least effort, right? You can't just say, yeah. my feelings got hurt by the Philly fans. Philly fans are brutal. I'm sorry your feelings got hurt by the Philly fans. But you also did – you also what, – what, what was it in the playoffs? He, like, passed up a layup for someone else to shoot a jump shot? You're like, you were wide open. You could have just dunked it. You're six foot eight. Yeah, under under the basket, six nine, um, and so there was there was a he got dismissed from practice the other day, and I was like, you know what he needs to do? He needs to fake an injury, and lo and behold, he's got a sore back. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know he had a sore back. Yeah, I was like, this dude just needs to fake an injury. Like you need to trip going down some stairs. You need to have some bumps and bruises. You need to have something. He blamed it on his back. He's out for the foreseeable future. Won't travel with a team. It's like you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not the star sitting out saying, hey, you need to trade me. I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me for some other stars. You're the least respected, lowest member on your team, and you're like, I'm not going to play. And, and that no one wants that. Yeah, but it's just – and it's also weird that he's – The Pelicans might, just saying. Fair enough. It's also weird that he's saying that – the Philly fans got to him. He started playing for the Sixers when he was like 19. He's 25 now. It's not like he got traded there this year. And out of, out of the blue, he was like, oh, wow, they're kind of mean here. I didn't know that. It's he's been, he's been to an Eastern Conference finals with Philly. And no, not last year because they lost to uh, the Hawks in the second round. But like, that's not that shouldn't be news to him that Philly is a tough a tough town to play for. Everybody knows that, and people that don't even play sports there know that. So, I, that's such a such a scapegoat is like besides the the sore back. That's like a way to say I didn't know this already. Like I don't know. Just, I think it was it, also the the post game press conference with Doc Rivers, and they asked him point blank like, "Is Ben Simmons a championship caliber point guard?" And Doc Doc Rivers was like, "I don't know," which is was a fair which is a fair assessment of his. Of Ben Simmons, like I don't know. I saw some things that he refused to do. Not, not because he couldn't do it or he tried and failed. That he refused to even try. And this is the oddest thing in sports. Like the oddest thing in the NBA is like this guy has got the yips. He doesn't shoot from the three point line when he's when he puts out all these Instagram videos of him putting in work at the gym, shooting threes over some nobodies and hoodies. Like it's. It's just an absolute bizarre story. Yeah, it's wild. And it kind of, I mean, there was some, there was some kind of like precursors of this at LSU. He kind of went there reluctantly. Didn't, he's from, he played like, started out in Australia, went to LSU, you know, was on an awful LSU team, but he was, you know, kind of put as like a, you know, the blue chip can't miss prospect. So he went first in the draft and like was a part of the trust the process years where they drafted like 20 players. The only good player they have out of all that is Embiid now. So, all right, so let's let's uh, let's move this along because we do have to get to the a little bit of college football, and 
the NFL slate. So what is your quote slash question of the week? I still own you. Yep, yep. I thought you were going to go there. I went a different route. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers to the entire Chicago fan base when he looks up in the crowd. If you look at it from some of the angles that of the phones, there are multiple people giving him the middle finger. And he was just like, I own you. And that was great. I thought that was an appropriate quote. No, I mean, it's totally fair. Uh, playing devil's advocate, he's 21-5 and five against a, a team that's been 500 since he entered the league. So he's 21-5? 21-5 against the Bears. But they've been fi- under five. They've been like a sub-500 team since he started, got into the league. So, I mean, good for you, Aaron Rodgers. And I, I appreciate the Chicago, Chicago faithful flipping him off. So, I think it's good to have the Bears and – Packers rivalry have a little, little angle, little spite in, in it, and it's per, the best person to do that is the punchable Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the last, how many years has he been in the league? Fifteen years. That's yeah. what a nightmare for the Bears. Um, yeah, it was the perfect quote. I mean, he was like, I blacked out and started talking trash. Like that was like, that was like what I used to say in dodgeball to some of my friends or something. I own you. Like so, it's a very basic but very effective, very effective line. Um, my quote of the week is from, um, well, it's from a coach. I'll leave it there, and I'll paraphrase here. It says, in accordance to the in in, like he was talking about his offensive line. He says, we don't have a player in the two deep that is having any significant impact in the playing department, and he goes on to say, our QBs are transfers, and that has been a no development at that position. This is, I'm drawing a blank. This is Brett Bielema talking to the press in front of a podium about how how bad his players are. <laughs> it's like, and that hurts. Your players are going to come to practice on Wednesday or Thursday and be like, you know what? I don't really like this guy. I, You know what? I'm pretty sure I hate this guy. Yeah, I don't know if I want to practice today. Uh, maybe you should have done progress reports one-on-one, maybe not in front of a microphone on media day. <laughs> yeah, like you could have you could have done it any other way. Like, hey, I these guys that were here, they stuck around. I'm happy that they're here. We need to have we obviously need to have progress more at, at each position. We need to play better. Like that's that's some things you can say that are fair assessment of your team that your players will accept. Like I've been coached before and I've had a coach say to me, "Do better." That is completely fine. But to call them out by position group and being like y'all are trash is completely different, and for, especially in front of especially in front of the the world. Like, guess what, Brett? This isn't the beat riders from the Illinois like Illinois where, like, you're just gonna be insulated in the Midwest. This is a uh, global thing now called the internet that this is just gonna run wild, and you'd have to be embarrassed if you're an Illinois ball player. You'd you'd have to be embarrassed that your coach talked about you like that. Yeah, yeah, you're like you said. It's not going to be on the champagne. It's not just going to be in the champagne daily that Brett Bielma said this about Illinois football players. I had to look up who he coached now because I remember he left Wisconsin to go to Arkansas, and then Arkansas fired him, so he kind of failed up ish, going to the Big Big Ten, playing for uh, or coaching for a team that's rebuilding yet again. Um, yeah, not a good look. I, I wouldn't want to play for him either. All right, let's quickly get to our our college football slate. I have. Uh... We do a pick em. We do it each week uh, where we rifle in and out our teams who are going to make see the college football playoff. Mine is Bama, Cincinnati, Ohio State, and Iowa. Uh, Graham has Oklahoma, Georgia, Michigan, Michigan State. 
I'm going to venture to say you're going to stay stay right where you are. Um, can I can I request something every week when you when you present mine? Can you please put Georgia over Oklahoma? You always start with Oklahoma. I just want everyone to know, you know. Tired. <laughs> well, Oklahoma switched out quarterbacks to Caleb Williams, and they are they, look pretty unstoppable. They are, they are better Georgia with with Caleb Williams. You're, you're right. Actually, Massey, keep that. Um, so Bama has Tennessee. They're favored by 25 and a half. I think I'll keep them. Cincinnati has Navy. They're favored by 28. Uh, Ohio State, CJ Stroud is cooking. They are the best team in the Big Ten. They're favored by 21 at Indiana. Iowa plummeted to number 11 with their loss at home to Penn State. They looked bad. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. They beat Penn State. They plummeted to number 11 after they lost to Purdue, which, by the way, are Purdue has got a record, a record of beating the number two or number one team in the country every now and then purdue pops its pops its head up their wide receiver david bell 11 wrecks 248 yards 22 yards a catch iowa had four picks they finally showed how vulnerable their offense is their offense is bad yeah when i think of iowa i just i would definitely think of a quarterback who's not very good. They have a good running game. They have really good offensive linemen who are corn-fed, and they have a great defense. So, obviously, when they get down in a game, they're not going to come back and do do magical things. Like, And we saw that against Purdue. Um, so, I think Iowa can still win. Uh, we talked about it last week. They can Last week, they can still win the Big Ten uh, West and compete against Ohio State for that Big Ten title. But there is just no way they're going to beat Ohio State. And I don't think Michigan State or your Michigan Wolverines are going to beat them either. Um, so I'm going to comfortably drop Iowa. And I'm between Oregon. They're they're favored by one at UCLA, which scares me. Yep. And Oklahoma State versus Iowa State. Iowa State is favored by a touchdown in that matchup. Really? Uh, a touchdown? Yeah. Well, I saw, so I got eyes, uh, I went on assignment to um, UT's game against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was pretty much down for three quarters. UT just let that game slip away. Oklahoma State makes me nervous. I was thinking about, did I want to, like, drop one of the, the one of these Michigan teams for an Oklahoma State? But at Iowa State, I didn't know they were, because Iowa State was a top 10 team to start the, the season, so there's definitely something there. So that game definitely makes me nervous if I were to pick up Oklahoma State after watching them look sloppy against Texas and, uh, on the road, but still. I think Oregon still has a chance to make the college football playoff if they end the season um, with one loss. They're the best, they had the best w- win in college football road game against Ohio State. Um, so I, I'm going to do it. Quack, yeah. quack attack, baby. Let's go, Oregon. Can they jump up the ranks and win the Pac-12? And can the committee show them respect? Maybe, maybe not. But Oregon, go Ducks. Here we go. They're they're wearing some. Did you see these new uniforms they're gonna wear? These these uh, Robin eggshell uniforms. No. Oh man, you're, you're gonna get excited. Your teams your teams got some new unis for this UCLA game. Hollywood Egg, eggshell like that's isn't UCLA that color? Wouldn't that yeah, clash? Yeah, let your hair down. No, they got like these. Uh, they got these uniforms. They're gonna play against UCLA. You know, like how Robin Robin's eggs have little black spots on them, little little black spots. Yeah. Dots. Yeah, they got. That's what the. That's what they're going for. A duck. I guess a duck egg. Oh, I did see this. It kind of looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. Exactly. Well spotted. 
Oh, okay. And I'll kick it to you. What do you, what do you want to do over there, uh, Graham? Yeah, I'll stay put. Um, I'll have top waiver wire pick next week. I'll have, you know, Michigan State gets to host Michigan in two weeks. So I'll know more after that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll sit sit pretty through through the through that matchup and I'll know which team I'm gonna keep and which team I'll drop. And then I know Michigan hosts Ohio State. So I'm hoping, you know, I know that I know that this is the time of year now in the schedule where the Big Ten teams are gonna eat each other alive and only one of them will probably come out of it and be able to be in the final four that will go to the playoff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stand pat for now. Yeah, uh, Georgia, Michigan State on buys this week. Michigan favored by 23 and a half over Northwestern. Northwestern is bad. Oklahoma, 38 and a half at Kansas. Yowz, yowzers. Are we gonna, speaking of Georgia, are we gonna get some AR-15 when Georgia comes back from their buy at Jacksonville for the for the cocktail party? They should, because Dan Mullen is bad against Power Five teams. Like he is bad, and he needs something, something to. He needs to do yeah. something. What are you doing? Do something. What are you doing? Yeah. Dan Mullen is his seat is red hot. If he gets a win over Georgia, that will at least decrease the fire, especially if you got Anthony Anthony Richardson throwing the ball. Like he's gotta he's gotta adjust his game plan and his mentality. But we're running low on time to cover your full Batman scale, Catwoman, whatever the however the hell we scale these NFL games. I'm not even sure. I know the universe catwoman's in the in the batman universe whatever whatever i know the only the only i just shut my notebook but uh go ahead give us give us the slate of games all right dark knight tier we got cincinnati at baltimore fighting for the afc north this is a good this is gonna be a good showdown we got lamar hosting joe burrow we got jamar chase we've got uh uh, rashad bateman the rookie from minnesota who's going to play his second full healthy game since coming off the IR. They got Hollywood Brown. They got, um, they got Andrews on their side, Cincinnati. I think Joe Mixon's healthy. So I'm looking forward to this game. I think it'll be kind of low scoring, but it'll be a good, a good indication of how real Cincinnati is and whether they can be the second best team in this uh, division. Uh, do we have a spread there? That's a good question. Because I would Lamar, say, I'm Lamar gonna... Jackson is playing out of his mind. He has gotten better every single year that he's been in the NFL. I loved all the doubters saying, well, can he throw the ball? We saw him uh, throw for 422 years. We saw them blow the doors off a very good Chargers team. So I think the Ravens I think the Ravens wild. will beat in a, an inferior Cincinnati team. The 4-2 and two Cincinnati, I don't think surprised anyone, but I think that's a little inflated – they are good, but they're not Ravens good. Yeah, they haven't played – well, yeah, they, they're coming off a, a blowout at, at the Lions, which isn't saying much. Um, yeah, I, it's a six-and-a-half-point spread for the Ravens. Okay. I think I think that's – yeah, I'll, I'll take Ravens by touchdown in that game. Yeah, second one I have. Uh, this one barely made – this one's almost more Batman Begins, but it barely made the Dark Knight tier because it's an AFC – rematch from the 2019 championship game uh kansas city at tennessee tennessee basically lost because josh allen lost his footing on a fourth down and goal and they kept themselves at four and two instead of three and three kansas city underachieving so far at three and three on the road as four and a half point favorites um i do have a good comparison that you're gonna love okay 
Derrick Henry is Forrest Gump as a football player. Uh, he's Forrest Gump uh, plus 150 pounds and yes, a little and a little ball. meaner. Take the ball, run straight. That's Don't just yeah. He's gonna make one cut, and he's gonna yep. split the safeties, and he's gonna outrun people. He's gonna outrun your linebackers. He is an unbelievable back, um, and he just seems to get better as the game goes on. Derrick Henry has a heavy workload. They're leaning on him early this year. That's always worrisome, but right now he's still he's still producing numbers. I mean, people are saying that or is he eyeballing a 2100-yard season? So, I mean, three touchdowns last week against the number 1 ranked uh Buffalo Bills defense. I'm not sure if that's I think they're not, they're at least top 5 defense, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're top 3 at least. Yeah. So, I I I think that we're still riding the idea the that Patrick Holmes and Kansas City can pull rabbits out of hats, but they're getting too cute in Kansas City, and I think I'm going to take uh, the Titans at home here. Oh, I like that. There's a good stat for you. Derrick Henry has more rushing touchdowns this year than the Packers, Aaron Jones, the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, the Steelers, Najee Harris, Panthers. Well, I mean Chris. I mean, sorry, Christian McCaffrey's been hurt a lot. Chubba hubba. And the Saints. And the Saints. Heard of Herbert Alvin Kamara. Yep. All of those teams combined. 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 More rushing touchdowns than all those teams rushing, running backs, rushing touchdowns combined. He's a total badass. Wow. I mean, I want to go on about all the running backs in the league from Alabama, but we don't have that much time. So uh, I can list five off the top of my head. All right, Batman returns. We got Josh Jacobs, uh, Keenan Drake, TJ Yeldon, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Najee Harris. There's six. Josh Jacobs. That's what I, yeah, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I said that. Jacobs. Uh, this one's Batman Returns tier, and this actually works a little better. It's actually a revenge game uh, double header. We got Detroit at the Rams. We got the return of the Jared, like a Return of the Jedi reference, or the big McVay back, like the big payback. We got Jared Goff re- returning to Los Angeles. Where he was scorned, sit packing for Matt Stafford. It's gonna be a great, great welcome home game. How how much time do you want to spend on this? Because the Rams are favored by sixteen. No, we don't have any time. I just wanted to say this is a good revenge game. Very good, good storylines. Is Houston at Arizona? This is not really a great game. This is another massive <laughs> point spread, but it's DeAndre Hopkins and Kill Bill Volume Three, as in Bill O'Brien. All right. For another great revenge movie. Okay, well, both those games are absolute trash because uh, Cardinals are favored by 17 and a half. I'll go ahead and say the Cardinals are going to stay undefeated. I mean, they play those; they pay the players down in Texas to play football. But um, do you have any more interesting games as we're as we're running out of time? Those are those are the best storylines. I'm not going to. I'll give you that. Yes, it's week. It's it's being called by Apocalypse, where there's all these great teams that buys like the Cowboys, and so I'm just I'm kind of digging through the dirt here. Batman Forever tier added one. New Orleans at Seattle. Thank we got you. Brees. We got Drew Brees versus Russell Wilson. Oh, wait. It's Jameis Winston versus Geno Smith. My bad. And we got Philadelphia at the Raiders. Decent game. I just wanted to give you a shout-out for your new skipper. The win one for skipper for the Raiders last week. Good call on that, Massey. Catwoman tier. We got Atlanta at Miami. Hold on. Wait, wait, can we slow down a second? Can we talk about the Saints at the Seahawks? Oh, of course. Go for it. 
I've seen some great workout videos from Jameis Winston where he's doing some the oddest things in the locker it. room, and I cannot get enough. I think coming off the bye, the Saints, oh, they're, they're favored by four and a half. I think that's generous uh, at Seattle. But I guess G- Gino is playing, and Gino did have one touchdown drive where everyone's like, all right, Gino, back in the league. And then we're like, oh, yeah, Gino, that's why you're in the league. Did he fumble the ball at the end of that game last week? I can't remember. I I think I, I think the Saints I mean Pete Carroll's a heck of a coach. I think the Saints have established their offense um and defense. So I think this Seattle's in trouble. You know what I love to do? I always give my my advice. The Saints and the points. Just every week. Saints and the points. All right. So you you had Las Vegas Eagles at the Raiders. The summer of Jason Jameis continues. Sorry, go for it. Uh, the Eagles at the Raiders, I think the Raiders are a good, a, um, they're three. I think that's a good spread at, at, uh, Raiders favored by three. I don't think the Eagles defense is good, but I don't think Jalen hurts is the guy. I think he's the guy right now. He's, he's the man on your arm going into the the ball, but Jalen hurts as much as I love him. And I do love him. Me too. I, I just, I think Philadelphia needs to needs to find ways to win. And Jalen Hurts is not not him. Yeah, he was like my favorite college player in a long time. And I, I do think it's, if anybody, I'm glad they have Minshew behind him because if they are going to bench Jalen Hurts for anybody, I'm glad it'd be Gardner Minshew. That might happen sooner rather than later. I think so. And what else you got? We got time for uh, for maybe one more, maybe two. Oh, Catwoman tier? Yeah, Atlanta, Miami, nobody cares. Tua's on his way out. Maybe he's going to Washington. I don't know. A lot of rumor mill about Deshaun Watson going to Miami. Yeah, two, uh, three-way trade. Washington football team wants to get Tua because Houston Texans do not want Tua, but Miami does want Deshaun, so it's like a yeah, little three-way. People are just talking at the sides of, the, sides of their mouths. Who knows if any of this is true? And I'm excited that the Jets and the Patriots is a Catwoman tier because – New England is bad, and it's Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones for who's the best AFC's quarterback from this draft. We'll see. I will say that Mac Jones has impressed in these in these like toe to toe matchups. How about that? They oh, not not toe to toe matchups. He's gone toe to toe with teams. He needs to win one of these games. I think Bill Belichick has held him back. That's that's how I think Mac Jones has played. How so? Very I think Bill Belichick's getting a little too—he's been a little too conservative. He's just not—he doesn't have that—he's doesn't have the new mindset that you know most NFL coaches have, where they want to go for it on fourth down, or they want to you know not kick a not kick a field goal when they're on the forty-yard line on the other side of the field. Like he wants to be—he needs to be a little more aggressive, and he's holding Mac Jones back in his first year. And I think Mac Jones has played better as a quarterback than Bill has been as a head coach this year. Do you think Bill Belichick's overthinking his system now? Now that now that Tom Brady's not there, he's like he's yep. overthinking himself. He's like if, if if he's his like okay, I need to bring this quarterback along, but that he's only has had Tom Brady for so long that that mindset is is dated. Yeah, I think a good sports show idea would be Belichick needs to he he's over the hill and he and Odron can get like a they'll get like a uh, a deep sea fishing boat and just do like a tv show on true tv or something like a reality where they just talk football and fish sports fans download our podcast where wherever podcasts can find you can find podcasts we haven't heard back from jeff bezos yet is that right 
Yeah, he's, he's uh, that prick's still holding out on us. All right. Well, download us on iTunes, Spotify. Give us a review. Rate us, thumbs up, whatever you got to do. That's it. And that is all. <laughs>